Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Spilling Lemonade podcast. I am so thankful to have you all here, and I'm just going to jump right into it. So today I have a very, very special guest with me. It's actually a collaboration with another podcast. I have Ruby from Sunnyside Up Pod. And Hi, everyone. <laughs> and we will be doing a two-part episode. So this is part one. And if you would like to go see part two, definitely please go do that and check out her podcast in general. Um, it's one of my favorites and it's definitely, she's such an amazing person. So just go check that out. And without further ado, um, we'll get into this episode. So we're kind of just going to be doing a Q&A with Ruby about recovery. Um, Ruby, is there anything you want to add before we start? Um, no, not really. You covered it all. Go check out, <laughs> go check out my part of the podcast to hear about Cammy's Q&A. Awesome. Okay. I'm just going to get right into it. Okay. Okay. This is, I feel like, like a pretty common question, but it's a great one to start with. What made you start recovery? So I was actually not given a choice, really. I was at a point where things had gone for so long and I think my parents had kind of watched it happen, but you know, you never really think it's going to be your kid who ends up because it's a story you hear the girl who had an eating disorder, you know? And I think your parent, my parents never really thought it'd be their daughter. Um, and then one day I was driving home and I was telling my mom, cause I have like a running watch and I was telling my mom, like my heart rate and she was really concerned. And she was like, Ruby, like, what is going on? And so my mom was like, Ruby, you need to stop running and like start eating more. And so at that point I wasn't in recovery, like mentally, I just knew I had, it was steps I had to take slowly, whether I wanted to or not, because I was so determined to like, I guess, get back to my disordered behaviors at that point. I was like, it'll be a week. It'll be fine. And then a few weeks into that, maybe three or four weeks, I really realized the gravity of the situation and I started doing all my own research. And um, that's when I was like, okay, it is me versus me. And I'm the only one who can make the decision to recover. And yeah, it was definitely a very scary, um, just up in the air time. I didn't know what was happening. I was recommended for treatment centers, but like we weren't sure if that was the best option. And I, was dealing, you know, as people do in the beginning stages of recovery with all these emotions and just the unknown. And it's so scary. Um, but it definitely did help to have like my mom around me because she was, she really just, she was always there. Like she's my rock. I'm so happy you have her. And that's such an awesome story. I feel like a lot of people can relate to the not really having a choice to start recovery and definitely not I know for me, at least personally, I know I wasn't really on board with the whole recovery thing when I started. I wasn't even, I mean, I won't get into it, but I was kind of in denial still. So I know that that's yeah. like, um, but kind of like a follow-up question to their question is like, what helped you continue in recovery? Like you had mentioned that that first part, you had lots of emotions. It was hard. Like what helped you stay in recovery? Oh, that's a great question. I think there's lots of things that helped me. Um, one thing was really realizing how much my eating disorder had impacted people around me and impacted my life. And I will never forget an appointment I had. I went in um, for a way in with to like my new, she was my newer doctor that I'd started seeing. And 
I thought I was doing pretty well. I thought I was, you know, eating more and, you know, like putting in the work. But at that point in early recovery, your brain's still lying to you a lot. And I got there and after my weigh in, the doctor came in and she'd go out and talk to my mom separately for like a long time. And it always gave me a lot of anxiety, but they came back in or just the doctor came back in and she said, like, Ruby, if you do not improve by next week, we're going to look at sending you to a treatment center. And there's nothing wrong with treatment centers. I think they're great. They help a lot of people. But a big thing for me was the relationship I had with my mom. And the nearest treatment center is like an hour or two hours away from where I live. And that was a big motivator was like, they said, we're going to have to pull you out of school. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think some people, they need that. But I'm also like, I'm a Christian. I'm religious too. So I prayed about it a lot. And I was like, I don't want to be scared to take a step I need to take. Cause if I do need to go to treatment, I want to do that. But if I have the will to recover on my own, like, then I want to do that because I want to stay in school. I want to be around my mom, my family. And so my mom cried that day in the car on the way home. And she was like, Ruby, I'm just so scared for you. And that really like made me realize the gravity of the situation. And I was like, I cannot stop now. Like I'm, I'm in it. And I think once you're like three to four weeks in and you've already pushed past a lot of it, I was kind of in the mindset, like I've already gone through the horrible, like I've, I was hypermetabolic. I was on like all the weird emotions and the weird feelings, just feeling out of like out of body experience. And I was like, if I stop now and fall back, I'm going to have to go through this again. And I was like, I do not want that. My goal is not to go through this again. Like recovery. I, I was like, I don't, want to be in recovery forever I don't want to be in the early stages of recovery forever so I need to keep pushing and I really just kept challenging myself and I think you have to figure out the way of recovery that works best for you and just keep your eyes focused on what's coming after you hit a certain goal you know and that was what really helped me I absolutely agree with that that's Wow, that's really great. And I'm so happy that you did choose to stay in recovery. Um, kind of moving on to the next, I had a follow-up question, but I want to get through the questions people asked first. So I might recircle back to it. But um, what's your biggest motivation for recovery? That was kind of what you answered right now. So I'm, I don't want to like skip anyone's question, but I'm just going to. So I'd say a big motivation for me is definitely just like seeing how much my mom was like scared um and I never like want to be the cause of someone's fear or pain and then also I think many people know this I'm a runner and I fell in love with running before I developed an eating disorder and so although it did play a big part into my disordered behaviors um I was at a point where I was like I want to get running back in a way that's healthy and so it's so crazy coming full circle. I'm running again. Um, and it's so wild to just see how much my mindset around it has changed and how it can, how it was used as an unhealthy behavior has become something that adds to my life. Um, so for a while, getting back my sport was a big motivator. But I think now I've also realized that there are so many things you don't have the energy to do when you're constantly thinking about food and seeing how I've slowly been able to like add things to my life that really complete it and just fulfill me. It's such a beautiful thing. And 
you know, this year, like I'm doing the most I've done in the past two years because I have the energy and I have the like brain space to do all that and finding things like goals and passions and realizing that you like you need to recover to step into those positions and you know like at my school I have big leadership positions that I could not fill last year because I was not in a place to and so that was one of my goals you know I want to be involved at school and I know that I can't do that if I'm if I have an eating disorder and I'm living on zero energy you know absolutely I totally agree with that in the sense that um one of the things I'm most thankful for for recovery is like how it's helped me like live the life I want to live uh-huh. and yeah. kind of following up on that with another question was so what are those you talked about you have like goals and passions and I'd be really curious and I bet other people are too to hear you elaborate on like what are some of those awesome opportunities that recovery has given you I mean of course you started a podcast um so that's one you talked about yeah. the leadership position at school but are there any others that's those are the big two um So at school, I'd say this year being involved with class office, um, last year I actually ran for, I ran for class president last year and I did not get it. And looking back, I'm like, it is such a blessing. I did not get president because I could not serve my class as a president last year just because of where I was at. And this year I ran again and I got president and I was like, that just shows you like, I'm able to fill that position now because of the energy I have. And then Another one, um, another passion, I, I love to cook and I love to, like, I love when people love my food. You know what I mean? Like, I love when people are excited that I'm cooking or so every Saturday I cook breakfast for my youth group and it's just like people are excited and that fuels me and my drive. I'm like, I'm so happy that they're happy to experience because food can be such a connector among people and like, it's a big part of like social outings and aspects of that. And so being able to do that now has been amazing. And just like, again, the healthy mindset you gain in recovery around everything is just like so freeing and amazing. Yeah. I mean, that that's really exciting. I'm so happy that you have those opportunities to fulfill, you know, something that's giving you joy, something that's giving other people joy. That's like, I mean, that just goes to show how amazing recovery is like yeah. in itself. Um, and then a question I actually had for you, because I'm really curious, it's not on here, but is, so I'm personally not religious. So I'm really curious how religion has impacted. Um, like I know for a lot of people, like I have some friends who are in recovery and who are Christians and I know it can be like, it's so helpful, like for a lot of people and, you know, that drive. And so I wanted to actually, um, ask like, how has religion impacted like your ability to recover? Yeah, I love that question. So Religion definitely played a big part into my recovery. Um, and I find just a lot of peace with having like something to always come back to. I can always circle back to God. And um, a big part of in my eating disorder, I could never like find time or find the focus to put on like being a Christian or my religion or my relationship with God because your brain is so you can't focus on anything. And now that I've stepped into recovery, a big part of it has been just like trust and, um, finding the time to develop my faith and my relationship with God and knowing that like, 
he's always there with me. It's just been like something I've watched myself grow in my faith so much. And it's been amazing to experience that. And I don't know, it's like, it's a big part of who I am. Um, And I think that definitely like, obviously religion is a choice and your faith is a choice too, and how you decide to develop it. And I know that I would not be as strong of a Christian or as religious or anything if I hadn't chosen to recover because, you know, everything is based off of your brain and your energy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that was a great answer. Thank you for answering that. Um, of course. Okay. Um, okay. How do you deal with bad body image days? Ooh, bad body image days. I revert to like big clothes or clothes that some clothes trigger me when I'm having bad body image day. You do have those clothes, like certain pairs of jeans. I just can't wear on bad body image days or like certain things. So I like always make sure I'm in something that is not triggering me at all. Or I avoid mirrors. Like I turn around when I'm changing in the bathroom or anything. Um, for a while I was showering in the dark or like in the very dim light. And that helped me, um, when I needed that. And I also don't let it like affect my day. And I think realizing that like the way you look on one day or the way you feel on one day is such a small, like part of your whole life or your whole year, or even your week, even like that's one out of seven days. So if I have one bad body image day that week, like I still have six other days of like, maybe, you know, feeling better. And so realizing it's such a small part and I've tried to learn not to let my body image affect any other actions, whether that be eating, whether that be, you know, like the way I'm exercising that day or whether that even be the way my mood is, because I know sometimes body image and stuff can really play a big part on your mood um, and just how you're feeling. But I try to detach body image from everything else. I'm like, this does not have to affect anything else. You know what I mean? I 100% know what you mean. I have a very similar mantra of like trying to keep it, I always say like contained to Mm -hmm. like let body image be body image, but don't let it like be my emotions and be my eating and be, you know, so I totally agree with that. Um, Yeah, I think that was a really awesome, excellent piece of advice. So thank you. Of course. Um, And then kind of the second part of this question was, Uh, How do you deal with counting calories and like overcoming numbers? So a big thing for me um, was eating out a lot in the first few, like even now, just eating out more often or eating things or meals I hadn't eaten before. So I was vegan for a long time. And when I kind of transitioned off of that, I started eating like you know, I'd have turkey or something like turkey breast, stuff like that, yogurt. Um, and counting calories is a choice. So not counting them is also a choice. And it's a habit at first, if you're, if you did that in your just eating disorder, but learning to break that habit slowly by eating new foods. And every time I would be out like making a sandwich, I would just choose. I'm not going to look at the, I'm not going to look at the back of this package. Like it is a simple choice. It's there. I could turn it over. I cannot, but I know one choice is going to impact me in a negative way a lot more than the other one is. 
And I think the thing that I really realized is that your body needs like different amounts of food every day. So even if I am checking the packages, that's not serving you at all because like, great. Now I know, now I know the number on this. Like, what does that even mean? You know, because tomorrow I might need three times the amount of food I ate for lunch today, you know? And so how does, and the funny thing was like me knowing let's, I don't want to, you know, I'm trying to use like general words here. Um, yeah. me knowing how much I'm eating in a day, me knowing how much I'm eating in a day does not like at a certain point in recovery, it didn't affect how much I was going to eat the next day. You know what I mean? And so even if I did know the calories I was eating that day, you just have to come down to like honoring your hunger. And I knew that if I didn't honor it, my body would not trust me. And I was like, I honoring my hunger is more important and more fatal than eating a certain amount right now. And I think for people who have a hard time with constant mental calculator, the exchange meal plan, it's there. I didn't love it, um, but it did help me a little bit get off of that like calorie counting mindset because everything's in exchanges. And that was, that was helpful for a little bit because instead of X amount of calories, you're just having this amount of food. And also never be afraid to go over a meal plan. That was a huge thing for me in the first few part, like months of recovery was just learning that ultimately it's my body. A dietitian can prescribe you a meal plan, but you need to cater to your body. Absolutely. I always like to say like, it's a minimum, like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. if a dietitian is giving you a meal plan, probably, or like, don't go under it if you can avoid that. But like, yeah, it's not, it's a minimum. Like there's no, that's not them saying like, don't eat more than this. Like, yeah, exactly. I, I like, you know, kind of how you're saying catering to your own body. Like, yeah. Cause honestly, at the end of the day, like the person, like you're the one who knows your body best. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate you saying that. Um, and then kind of add a follow-up question again, um, was have you ever dealt with extreme hunger? I, ha- I dealt with extreme hunger the first couple weeks of recovery. And I was at the point where I was too scared to like really honor it. And so I was hypermetabolic then. And I remember waking up in the middle of the night several times, just like so hungry. And the hard thing about being hypermetabolic is you don't really know you're hypermetabolic until after the fact. And you're like, oh, I was hypermetabolic. And really that point, I didn't really know what to do. Um, But then a couple of months later, I was on a meal plan at this point and extreme hunger would hit randomly, like probably once every week or two weeks, I just have a day where I literally like busted through my meal plan in like the first four hours of the day. And I was like, well, it's okay. We're going Our metabolism is telling us like, we need food, we need food, you know, and your body is so smart. It's healing you with extreme hunger. And it's saying your body will speed up. Like it's trying to get all the food it can get because when you've been in a point of malnourishment for so long, it's, wanting this food because it's like you're giving us food and now we just want to repair everything in your organs and your muscles and like your bones and give us all the food and so it was hard for me sometimes because I knew that like what was happening obviously I know my body needs it but it is doesn't take away the fact that it's hard and it can be hard to honor it but have fun with it honestly sometimes I was like I'm really hungry today so I'm just gonna have like a bunch of ice cream or I'm just gonna you know like 
have fun with it. Honestly, if you're in the early parts of recovery, don't be scared. And another thing is with extreme hunger, I'd say try to have variety in what you're eating, like, because that just helps you get over more of your foods at that point, you know, and really like diversifying your food choices. That really helped me too. I was like, I can have like all these foods. I don't need to stick to the same thing I've been eating for, you know, weeks and weeks. And that helped me a lot too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think having fun with food and not viewing it as more than just like fuel, because of course it is fuel and that's important, but also like allowing it to be fun and allowing yourself to enjoy it, I think can be such an important part of, especially in the beginning of recovery, when you're coming off of the restriction, if that's something you struggled with or whatever behaviors you're coming off of, like enjoying yourself, allowing yourself to enjoy it, I think can be really important. Um, Yeah, for sure. Sure. Okay. The next question was, I like this one because it's kind of everything I feel like can have to do with recovery, but I like this one because it wasn't directly related to recovery is what do you want to, do you know what you want to do like for your future and your career? So I honestly have no idea. Um, I have a few like places I've, I've thought about, I've thought about going into like sports dietetics, working with like a specific, you know, level of athlete. Um, But I've also thought of like opening a cafe because I love like just the whole idea around a cafe, the cute, like it's a place where you can come just sit down for a while, connect with people. You meet people there, people go on dates there. It's a way to some people study there. And I think cafes can just be so like multifaceted and I love that about them and I think that'd be super fun um yeah I've had people tell me they're like you should do this you should do that and I honestly don't know you know I'm just I'm living life I have a few years to decide and I know that like as long as I'm being authentic to myself wherever I end up is like where I'm where I'm meant to be absolutely I think that's really awesome I know I have so many friends in my personal life who will talk about like the fear of like especially I don't know what grade you're in but I'm like a senior so a lot of my friends like we're looking into college and we're applying to colleges yeah. and um like I think there's a lot of people out there who I know who are like really stressed out about not knowing what what their future holds what they even want their future to hold mm-hmm. so I think like that point of view for like if you don't know what you want if just like live your life right now like you know especially yeah. being the president like having your options open I think that's really two thumbs up I think that's great thank you okay um what are your do you have three current goals in recovery and if you don't have three goals in recovery are some of them like life goals currently or like short-term life goals Mm, that's a good question so I think a recovery goal of mine I'd say I'm at a point where I don't have any like you know fear foods anymore anything like that but I think a big goal in recovery for me right now is to just be taking the steps I need to take to follow through with everything my doctors are telling me. And so far that's gone pretty well. Um, I don't have my period back yet, but my doctors have said, you know, don't be so hyper-focused on that because that can take a while, but I want to make sure that I'm not ignoring that. You know, I want to make sure I'm mindful of the fact that I don't have it and just be being aware and saying, Hey, you know, like this is a thing I do have to be mindful of. And then I'd say, I also would love, I guess this isn't super short term. This is like three years out. I'd love to get to a point where my body's healthy enough 
to train for a marathon, you know, having a period consistently and being able to train because I want to be a runner for life. And right now my body is not at a place where I can run that much, obviously, because I'm still restoring a period and, you know, fully recovering. And so I think in the next like three or five years, I'd love to run a marathon with a period. Like that would be, that made me so happy um, just to see my body healthy and doing what I love because that's been a hard crossroad is I'm doing what I love, but I was never consistently healthy doing it. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and kind of speaking of exercise, uh, another question was how did, did you a ever stop working out for recovery, like running and B, how did you do it if you did? Yeah. So I stopped all exercise cold Turkey for six or seven months. I want to say six months. And then I was still, they were like, they cleared me for lower impact. So I could do like very steady state kind of like aerobic biking or like walking yoga. Um, I did a little bit of strength training and then I was cleared to run two or three months later and I'm not cleared for like high mileage or anything. It's all, it's just like basic cross-country training. And I had a really hard time with not exercising in the beginning of recovery. And I was actually cut off by my mom. She was like, Ruby, I'm not letting you walk out the door this morning. Like you're not running. Um, And then my doctors were like, yeah, that's why you should not be exercising. And I just had to constantly remember that my body's not healthy enough to be exercising right now. And your body is doing so much work for you in recovery, especially the first few months. And your body is not at a point where it needs to be doing any, it needs rest. Your body needs rest and it needs complete like fuel just to rebuild you and help you recover. And a big thing that taking time off did for me was heal my relationship with it. And that is something I'm so grateful for. And I think putting in the work is not easy, but the benefits of putting in the work will like change your life, you know? And if I hadn't taken time off, I probably would not have a healthy relationship with it, but I'm at a point where I can just take a day off in the middle of the week if I feel like it, or if my day's busy and I don't get around to something that it is what it is. It's one day out of the year. It's one day out of my life. And I think that my tips for taking time off exercise is to find other passions and hobbies. And a big thing for me is running is my sport, but running can't be my identity. I'm Ruby. I run, but I'm not Ruby the runner. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I started reading a lot in recovery. I focused a lot on my academics and my school. I painted a lot. I loved art class and painting. That was a huge um, like outlet for me with bad body image and coping with not exercising. And I think hanging out with friends too, like starting to hang out with friends. That was something I hadn't done for so long, but using the time and I was like, Hey, I have all this time. Let's hang out with people. Absolutely. Um, how did recovery and like impact did it help? Or first of all, how did your eating disorder impact like relationships such as friendships? And then how did your recovery help or impact those relationships? Yeah. So in my eating disorder, I dreaded any social setting. I was so insecure and unconfident in who I was. And 
I didn't want to hang out with people and I didn't feel like myself. And it was just, it was miserable. Like I didn't feel accepted anywhere. And then stepping into recovery, I think kind of, I just, I was like, fake it till you make it with confidence. And now I'm at a point where I am confident in who I am and I can walk into a room and I'm secure in the person I am. And it really restores your relationships with people recovering because you, you aren't fearful of what's to happen when you go out and I can go out with friends now and wherever they choose to eat, I can eat there. You know, there's no anxiety and there's no holding myself back for certain reasons, you know, like I can go and just live in the moment with people. And that's something I'm, that's probably the thing I'm most grateful for in recovery. That's awesome. That is really, really awesome. Um, I'm so happy to hear that. Uh, I feel like relationships are such a healing part of recovery and that's really awesome to hear that. With that said, um, we are going to try to wrap up part one. We're about at the 30 minute mark. So we're going to try to wrap up part one and switch to part two. But before we finish the episode, I wanted to ask if you had any closing remarks, anything you wanted to say to the people listening, anything at all, just the floor is yours. Mm, Okay. So to people listening, I would say, I know it is so hard in recovery and I know it is daunting and scary, but you're not only making choices for yourself today, you're making choices for yourself weeks, years to come. If I could go back, like if Ruby six months ago could see where she is now, she'd be shocked at how far she's come. And just, I never, I didn't think I'd be running for another year or two. And I, but I was like, I can try, I can put in the work. I didn't think I would be at a point where I could eat comfortably, whatever was being served in front of me, but I am. And it's so crazy to look back, but I'd say to people, keep a journal of how you're feeling and you can look back on it. And it is so amazing to see your progress and never quit because it's, it's so worth it in the end. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. Um, I just wanted to say thank you one more time before I ended this part of the episode. Um, Thank you so much. I'm like literally honored that you're on my podcast. No, thank you for having (laughs) me. I'm honored to be here. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. And without further ado, I'm going to end the episode. So you guys, I totally would recommend going over to the Sunnyside Up pod and checking out part two of the episode where Ruby will be asking me some questions. Without that, have a great day. I hope you gained something from this podcast and let me know what you want to see next and what you want to hear about. Bye.